Hey, this is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats, and on the podcast today, I have Jimmy Furman. Jimmy, where are you at, and what are you up to? I'm uh, I'm currently in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I'm just sitting in my house. I've actually been stuck inside all day. Um, uh, I teach and coach so uh, at Piedmont High School. We just went all virtual yesterday, so I'm um, just kind of picked up around the yard and whatnot, and uh, just taking care of business here. So. Um, excited for our game this weekend with, with my uh, U19 girls team. So kind of looking for guest players there. Now that COVID's hitting us pretty hard out here in the city. So, so do you coach um, a boy a girls team at the high school, or is that just what you do in club? Yeah, so I coach the boys team at high school, um, and then I, I actually have two club teams, and they're both girls. Um, I coach the U19 uh, girls team here in OKC for WSA Westside Alliance. And then I also have a U11 all-girls team as well. Um, and that's like kind of their first select ball, I guess you could say. Um, we kind of just combine all the local rec teams around Piedmont, um, have a little mini tryout, and, and then start them up there. So, um, But, yeah, so I do the boys for high school and middle school, I guess, because I'm the head coach for the program at the school itself, and that's all boys. Um, we're not actually allowed to coach boys outside of high school. Or I'm not allowed to um, as a high school coach here in Oklahoma. Um, I guess I think it's to stop recruiting. So I have to stick to the girl side when it comes to club ball. So you can you can't even coach boys on the boys side in the select realm. Correct. Yeah, I have to stay away from all boys side when it comes to select realm. And I also own a little training business too. Um, and uh, I do I stay away from all the boys as well. I let all the other trainers take them uh, just so I don't push that boundary. You know. I don't want any, as he said, she said kind of thing. So just to be on the safe side. Um, and I know other states, the rule's different everywhere, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really heard of the rule till I started coaching here. Um, it makes sense, but it also makes, I don't know, it's kind of difficult as well when you, um, in the club world, you know, facing teams and you hear about the high school coach just coaches that same team through club as well. And they're year round. And this is like, you can't beat that chemistry, you know what I mean? And, and in our sport, chemistry is a big deal, you know? I would think too, from the flip side, if you're running a club, it's nice to be able to find coaches that have that experience with that age of, of boy player and what have you, and not being able to select from those kind of makes your sl- slim pickings as to who's going to be the coach. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think, um, Oh man, I've been coaching at the high school now for five years. I started when I was in college still, I helped out and, um, and we've had new assistants, I think every year, whether that be a goalie coach or another assistant JV coach or a head coach has always been someone new. Um, even now, even now we've had new coaches in and, um, I think we've got a good, uh, core. Um, I have my, one of my friends that I graduated college with, um, he, I made him my assistant for both the Piedmont boys side and my club assistant coach for both the teams um, to kind of get his foot in the, in the door there, you know, and he's a really good coach. And I think we're going to keep him on the girls side, have another good coach that I think is really good at the boys. So, but like you said, I mean, we had to go out of our way into, into my, um, you know, people that I knew personally to find those people, you know, so um yeah, it's, it's interesting for sure because, and as you know, coaching girls and boys, it's different. The age groups are different. So finding coaches that are good um, with certain age groups and, and uh, 
and genders, you have to experiment. You know, there's only one way to find out, and it's to put them there. So, um, but was, yeah, it, it is interesting. That was one of the things I was going to ask real quick: is what what's the dynamic like to go from like a U18, 19 team down to that U11, which is just get what's that experience like for you? You have to kind of change your your mindset a little bit when you go from one session to another. Oh, 100%. I, I love it, actually. I love it so much because um, at that age group, they just they just want to have fun. I mean, that's that's what it is. You know, they're there to play soccer, to see all their friends. Um, they're still in elementary school, so they go to different elementary schools. Um, so they don't see all of their friends, you know. So in soccer, they get to see them all. So they just, I mean, before we even start, they're running around playing tag. Um, there goes all their energy, you know what I mean? So, but it's a blast. I and it's interesting too now that I have that different age group because it was already you know my first year was it was kind of a struggle when I had to really sit down and kind of look at how I was coaching each side with the with the boys high school team team and then my U19 girls team um, that's already a difference and then now I'm adding another day with the U11s girls um, on Tuesdays I do all three of them I do the boys high school then the U11 little ones and then the U19 older ones right after. And so, you know, just that flip in mindset, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's hard at first, but once you get it, um, once you get it going, once you get the rhythm right, and once you know how each team is, you know, their personalities on each team, um, it, it becomes, it can be a blast, you know what I mean? So with the boys high school, obviously with the varsity side that who I'm normally with, right. Uh, for the majority of the time, it's, it's a bit more serious. Um, with the with the U19 girls side, you know, you uh, it, they girls just want to have fun, you know, but but at the same time, they have to know when to when to focus in, you know, so if I can keep um, I have to really explain a lot more with the U19 girls, they have to understand why they're doing what they're doing. And if they understand it, then then they'll give you everything they have, you know, and um, and I do like that a lot. Um, there's not a lot of egos like there is with the boys side, you know, the boys think they know it all the girls are there like sponges. And then, um, and then the U11s, that's just the playing around. You know, we have the most simplest drills. It's all technical. It's back to the basics. And I love it. I love going back to the basics. Um, it's what I try to push even whenever the old, with the, with the older groups, you know, and uh, just keeping it really fun and simple. And it's just laughs everywhere, you know. And, and, and it's funny because there's so many more light bulbs that you can turn on that they haven't found yet you know or reached yet with those u11s i mean they're learning so many new things so it's just really cool to see it um and i think they love it too i mean this is the other day we were uh my assistant tom and i we were talking and um they were crossing by themselves it's the first time they've done it by themselves like we've been working crosses back and forth like okay now we get it on the one side here's a big ball you know learning how to hit the ball farther than 10 yards was a big deal you know so um and once they start doing it it's like oh my gosh like the little the little things that we celebrate that I would never think I'd celebrate coaching the older groups. You know what I mean? So it's, I love it. It's really, it's a really good way to end the day for sure. You've talked about being at the high school for five years now. What, what are some of the things that you look back on and, and um, like when you started the program, what were some of the things that you went into the high school program and said, Hey, I'd like to get, you know, these two or three things to be kind of consistent and the lay the groundwork for where you're at now. Um, yeah, so I think I was really fortunate. Like I said, I started, um, at, I was actually the girls assistant coach first, um, my junior year of college and senior year. Um, so I was fortunate to kind of see that program from the side, from an outside view um, and and kind of watch what they were doing. Um, they, they, I think 
they've always had some pretty good talent. They've had good athletes for the most part. And um, I just felt like there wasn't a true um, identity. Um, and I think the players knew how they wanted to play. The coach had an idea of how they wanted to play. I just felt like the, the execution wasn't always there for every game. Um, so, you know, some of the fir first things that I did going in was laying down the ground rule of this is who we're going to be. This is how we're going to be that. And uh, here's how we're going to play, like finding a true style of play for us, you know. Um, it took a lot of buying in and I, we had a lot of team meetings about buying in. I started team, uh, leadership meetings every Monday. Um, and we still do that now. And, you know, by the end of that first year, I think I had almost half of my varsity team all there. Um, and I, where at first it was just juniors and seniors. And then the sophomores asked if they could show up. I said, why, why not? You know, it's, it's just a team leadership meeting. So the more of them that can be involved, um, and feel like they have that ownership of the team, hopefully the fast, the quicker they buy in, you know, and I think that's exactly what happened. So that first year, that's exactly what it was. It was um, kind of creating an, an identity. Um, I, I always preach, you know, if you treat the game right, the game will treat you back. And um, we changed a couple of the boys positions at two wingers that became, let's say, fullbacks. Um, and, you know, we had some good individual discussions on those players, too, because they were like, coach, I want to score goals. And and it was, a, you know, <laughs> I think you're going to be better here for the team, you know, and and I think you can uh, show more and prove more. And if you really want to go to the next level, I think this is where you're going to be. Um, I at least showcase your skills the best ability uh, to the best of your ability, you know. And um, so, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was very it was a it was a patient thing for sure. And um, I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing. It might have been a good thing. Um, I think we had three games in that first season, 2019-2020, uh, and then COVID hit. And so, you know, we were just, uh, we actually had a compliment from the Enid team here in Oklahoma, Enid, Oklahoma, and the really respected coach. And he came to me after the game that first year and was like, coach, I really see the boys look like they have an idea of what they want to do now. I'm like, it's looking really good. So that was, um, that was awesome to hear from another coach, you know, and then COVID hit. So it was uh, just, you know, the focus from playing one way just became more of just let's be a team let's look after each other you know we did a lot of um mental health stuff uh via zoom and um you know just working outside second year comes around um those boys are closer than ever and um which was last year and uh yeah it just ended up being a great year the buy-in was unbelievable um i thought it would be a three to four year process before i had every all the boys buying in you know um but but no i think last year they all bought in we were very successful off the field and on the field i think gpa wise we were we were very high i think we were like third in the state um we ended we didn't win it but but it was very good for piedmont and um because you know we, we talked about focusing on the little things as well right and we we brought the first silverware home for the piedmont men's program um we got second in our Choctaw tournament and then we also finished the highest that the boys program has ever finished in the district at second um, we actually had our final game was against the first place team went down to PK so that was really cool it was fun and it was good for the boys I think to see that success you know the girls program has um, always been very successful um, they've made playoffs every year um, it's just a really good girls program that we have here and so the boys have always been kind of overshadowed by that you know and so it was good for, for as a program, as a soccer program whole, for us to both be successful. I think we ended up on the same record. So, and that's hmm. never happened, you know? And so, uh, and I'm really good 
friends with the girls coach as well. And I think that helps as well because we work very well together. You know, he misses a day. I take over the girls as well. We work together. I miss a day. He does the same for me. So it's a really good bond. I think, like I said, I was very fortunate to to be there um, under him, under the girls coach first and uh, and see the boys program, you know, and and uh, the first the, the first goal was just to get the boys to buy in to me, you know, to for them to trust me and believe in me. Um, actually, funny enough, one of my plans to help that happen was when we did our our preseason fitness and runs and everything i did everything with them so luckily i was just out of college so i was still in shape but i did everything <laughs> everything, everything so i led the pack they followed so it's funny after my after i had surgery they would all they still do they joke around they're like coach i'll race you i'll race you know i'm faster than you than i was freshman year and all that but uh i can't i can't move like i did before so <laughs> and what's the dynamic of also being a teacher? Is that like a bonus? How does that, how does that work into the equation of being a coach at the high school? Yes. So actually this is my first year. I think I'm really starting to see the benefit of that. Um, I was uh, previously, I was hired on as a middle school teacher, (laughs) excuse me. So that's a, that's a building maybe about three, four minutes away from the high school. And so I never got to see my boys. Um, They would actually, if we had any meetings, they would come to me on their zero hour or lunchtime and uh they would come to the middle school during my my uh, plan period or whatever that is or lunch and uh and talk to me there so this year so then that was a bit frustrating um it was it was hard it was difficult i was always rushing to the uh, field house before practice to get things set up you know now i'm at the high school um and and i i love it because um in the halls now i can i say hi to i make it a point to say hi to every boy it's something that we talk about in the leadership meeting as well is to just you know, just say hi. You see somebody, you see somebody that's in this locker room, you say hi to them, you know? So I make it a point to say hi to every boy, see how they're doing, ask them how the day is, maybe crack a little joke here and there, um, whatever that be. Uh, the boys can eat lunch in my room. Um, so just to help build that chemistry and help, um, I think it really helps me become more approachable than just being a club coach, right? Because then they only see me at practice when it's practice time and then it's game time. You know, unless we're at a tournament, that's the only time they'd see me out of that, that uh, those those intense situations, you know, um, whereas in, when I'm a teacher, I mean, it's let me hear about your day and talk to me about what's going on. You know, well, you were you were absent. I noticed you didn't walk here, walk by yesterday, man. Where were you? You know what happened? And they'll tell me about their dentist appointment or whatever it is. You know, they'll show me a funny meme or something. So it's really cool to be um, to be approachable and to hear more. To, I think it, I think it gives me a a bigger effect on their life than just being a coach, you know, and I get to hit them in a different point. So I really do like that. I feel a lot more involved into their personal lives. Um, and I feel like I can, I can help them more than just out there on the practice field, um, being, being the teacher. So I do like that a lot. I'm, I really am liking it right now. This is by far my favorite year uh, for teaching and coaching for sure. And it, it's already been hard with COVID, but, but I have, uh, I've really liked it this year. So what caused you while in college to start getting the coaching itch? Like what brought you to say, you know, I might want to go into coaching and then got you to the point where you're at now. Yeah. Well, um, I've, I've actually always liked coaching, um, uh, man, from, from a young age my sister started playing when she was young, my dad coached her team. So that's when it all started, you know, I would help him and, 
and I, there's, there's a my favorite picture is actually of my dad. He's uh, he's at the dinner table, and I'm over him like pointing at a, at a little whiteboard, and we're talking about formations, you know. So um, I've just I've always liked coaching growing up. Maybe like at age 10, 11, um, with her little you know three v three, four v four, whatever it is that age. And then um, when she was in U12, I became the team trainer, you know. So we just worked on the basic stuff, passing, receiving crossing and 1v1 moves you know um ball mastery was a big one um and then that's whenever individual i started doing individual trainings um some privates when getting small pay here and there started refing as well um so just kind of seeing the different side of that game was nice it was fun i continued coaching all the way through and then high school came around and i always felt like i was um I always had a part in, in what we did at the high school level. You know, I was a captain at the high school level. Um, the coach asked me a lot uh, or for my opinion a lot of the times and, and asked, you know, what I thought about this and that. So that was was cool to kind of have that um, that insight, you know, of what we're going to do or why we were doing what we were doing um, before any of the, the boys knew. And I, and I could help explain that as well. Um, and then college hit. And as I said, I've always liked um, – like coaching so i decided you know i'm out here in oklahoma and i'm actually from austin marble falls texas uh, near the austin area so up in college i didn't have any of the people that knew what i did right i'm, I'm six and a half seven hours away now so kind of had to create my own um my build up my name again right so it was um started my a small llc and uh started doing small privates at the college and that was fun. It was good. Uh, had a small facility out that I shared with the goalkeeper coach. So that was a good time uh, right before COVID. And then, um, and while I, that was going on, I was still playing and the assistant coach at SCU, um, who's a good friend of mine now, Seth Nix, he, he actually assisted at Piedmont as well. And so he told me, Hey, Jimmy, I think, uh, you know, you're a good person. I trust you. Um, I think you're very mature for your age. Would you like to, you know, uh, possibly apply for the Piedmont assistant girls job for to coach coach Brucker was the name. I said, yeah, sure. So applied there. Funny enough, my, uh, my good friend, uh, Reese cook also applied for that job. Um, and we both got hired on. He, he got the keeper position and I got the, um, the, the girls assistant coach position. And so we would carpool there from junior year to senior year. Um, and doing that, kind of really just as like a, it was like a just shot off the career you know what I mean I, I started really falling in love with it um early early that first year I thought I was just going to be an assistant coach uh the coach ended up he he let me do like a uh two or three sessions that first week and was like you know what Jimmy I was looking for a JV head coach why don't you just be the JV head coach and my assistant varsity coach like all four you know so I ended up taking that so now I have my own team that was a big deal to me um my first time to have my own team you know junior in college um so that was awesome and then my that that created a lot more uh business for the llc and then um that and it also became a lot more personal as well so then it was like okay well now this is less for me and more for you guys it's it's my team right and then we're doing privates after as well so basically doing this like 20 bucks right it's paying for my meals and um and and gas to get to piedmont is what it was twenty dollars and they would put my my uh, business name on the big big board during games so it was a win-win to me right and um 
And so, yeah, the, after that, you know, we did that for the two years. And my senior year of college, I think, was whenever I really, you know, going into that senior year, I think I just loved it so much my junior year of college that going into my senior year, I thought, this is what I want to do. Like, I, I, I love playing, but I really love coaching. So I, I think that's when I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what, where my path was going to be. Um, and told my parents as well. And they said, you know, that's why you went to, we knew you love soccer anyways. That's the whole point. We push you to go to college is to find a way to make money doing what you love. And if that's coaching, then, then do it. So um, I was very fortunate. They, they had my back all the way through it. Um, graduated college, did the emergency certification. Um, and when I graduated, the, the head coach for the boys side uh, ended up going to administration, couldn't do both. And so I applied for it and I, Luckily, they already knew me. I was a familiar face. Um, and I think four or five, four, four interviews later, I ended up getting the job. So, you know, and it, it's, it's been a blessing for sure. And it's, and that's why it all, I, I think it's um, networking is, is huge. You know, at, at the end of the day, when you go all the way back to it, it's, it's who I knew, you know, if I didn't know my assistant coach uh, close, if I didn't have his trust, right. Um, if I wasn't a good person in front of him, um, I would have never been offered that that opportunity and, and who knows where I'd be at today, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm big, big fan of networking. I think we have to network everywhere I go. I'm always still trying to network um, anyone I meet. I'm trying to I'm trying to be friends. So it's a it's a big deal. But yeah, junior year of college, that's when I decided I'm going to coach. This is what I'm going to do. And I've been shooting for it ever since, you know, and that's how I started the club team as well there in Piedmont. So. The one thing too that I loved you earlier talking about like leadership and all that type of stuff and the things that you've already just discussed about your journey about stepping out creating your own company to uh, connecting with people and you said they knew you when they hired you and they knew what of you and knew you were a quality respectful all those kind of good things those are those character things that you're trying to find your Piedmont uh, program that you talked about earlier the other yeah. thing was how how important were those those long drives to and from when you first started out were those times where the two of you your buddy that you was also coaching that you guys just bounced ideas off of the whole time or was it a lot of quiet time what was that like no yeah that's uh well yeah first first absolutely yeah um, that's that's why I'm a that's why I push it so hard I tell the boys all the time you know I'm we could win the state final or, or we could lose every game but if if you guys can graduate here and be good human beings and, and help the society, then, then I've done my part, you know, so, and I hope that I can lead through example, right, um, and then the second part there, yeah, every drive, we, I have to give him credit, uh, Reese Cookie, I mean, part of why I went in and did what I needed to do, um, and knew kind of had a, had a, how to say, a head start on what the boys side at Piedmont needed, um, as far as discipline and everything came from him, because he would just say, oh, Jimmy, and we get in my little Jeep, we start driving, oh, Jimmy, today practice was so bad, you know, this kid did that, that kid did this, you know, or these kids can't do such and such. So um, it was it was always bouncing back and forth. And obviously, like I said, the girls program historically have always been really good, you know, very successful. So he, he'd come in, you know, shaking his head. We'd, sometimes it'd be like five minutes of silence and then he'd look at me, you know, and how was your dad practice? I'd say, oh, mine was good. Yeah, the girls did this and that. How about yours? Oh, man. He starts shaking his head. So, no, it was – we're all – and we are still bouncing ideas off each other. Um, he's he's awesome. He's actually my uh, – he's my uh, head baby coach now. So, um, 
yeah, still always bouncing ideas. I trust him. He's really good with the, he's a very good, I think, solid JV head coach as far as just connecting with the boys. Uh, he connects so well. So the all the boys love him. Um, so that's awesome. But yeah, just uh that's funny you talk about the drive. I'm just thinking of all the all the all the discussions that we've that we've had. Um <laughs> it was always just bouncing ideas and uh bouncing stories and and then we would always say, you know, what what would you do? You know, what would you, what would you do if you're the head coach, you know? And then we would discuss that on both the boys and the girls that are what did you think about about his decision to do this and that during such and such game, you know? So um it, it was really fun and, and entertaining and and funny to think how like at that time, we didn't know we'd be where we are now, you know, so, and now we are the head coach and now we can make those deci decisions. And I'm sure our assistants are going home and doing, saying the same thing, you know, <laughs> so it's, uh, but no, it, it, those are good times though. Absolutely. And I think those drives were needed too, because without that, I wouldn't know what to do with those, that boy program, you know, who knows what I would have tried to do. And so. What was the, what was the dynamic like? um being the quote-unquote trainer of your sister's team what was that dynamic of how, that's your sister H how did that kind of did it affect the sibling type thing when you're at home were you able to like stop being kind of trainer brother or and how was that and how did she end up going like did her her progression as a player go really well yeah I think uh, I think I definitely take a lot of blame for where she's at now um she ended <laughs> up quitting soccer um obviously i was very young you know at 12 13 14 so um I, at first it was good um my sister and i were very competitive growing up um uh, my 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 father and mother they uh they believe in competition they're big believers in competition and that you have to have competition to succeed in life that's just my dad's always said that in the work field you know you have to know how to compete so we weren't allowed to not do anything we had to do something you know so um so obviously she did soccer i did soccer i was already you know it's a small community in marble falls where i grew up so um so you know i, I, I was i was good in, in my own little town and so everyone that lived in that area already knew me you know and all of her her friends had older sisters or brothers that knew me as well so all of her friends knew me like i said at first when they were young um it was good she would listen to me and everything and then as she got older um it started to become a you know she'd call me jay be jay jay don't tell me what to do jay stop stop <laughs> so i think I, I think i embarrassed her a little bit um i can definitely say i was a bit too hard on her and um I think it's part of my uh, learning. She was part of my learning experience as well, you know, and that, I think I learned from that as well. Um, I think I was very hard on her. I think my name always came up with her success is like, yeah, you did this, but, you know, I did such and such. Um, and when I went off to college, she quit soccer completely. Um, and then she joined swimming. Um, we had some discussions there. You know, I really wanted her to do soccer, obviously, because I loved it she was really good at it. I mean, an amazing defender, aggressive, mean, like she did not care who she put down on the ground as long as she won that ball. Um, so I just, I loved watching her play. My family loved it. But like I said, my family didn't allow us to do nothing. So she ended up doing swimming and she was great at that as well. Uh, never swim before, did competitive swimming, ended up making the first team the first year. She only did it for two years, quit that as well. So I think, um, I think, as a whole, as a family, we were too competitive. 
for her liking. You know, she was really talented. She was an athlete, but she just wanted to do it just to have fun. She didn't really want to compete, you know? Um, and I think we were too hard. I know I was too hard on her with that aspect. Cause you know, it's like, you can do this and this. I would take notes. I, even her swimming competition, I would ask her, why did they do this? Okay. Why didn't you do that? You know? So, um, yeah. And I, and I, like I said, I, I learned from that definitely. And at, at a young age, it was really good, but I think I just, I was too much about, how to say soccer and winning at a young age. And I, and I pushed that on her as well, you know? So, and I think it was just too early, too soon. And I think that's why we see kids burn out nowadays too. I was that, that parent that was always on her back. You know, she never got a compliment from me. It was always, you can do better. So um, I take that blame for sure. Um, and we learn from it like anything else. Right. So <laughs> you talked about too, um, the, the picture of you and your dad doing the whiteboard and what have you, how impactful was it not only working with your sister, but being alongside your dad during those early days coaching. And even now hearing that both your parents said, Hey, we wanted you to go figure out what you wanted to do. We completely support you. How big of a impact has that been on where you're at now and, and your coaching? Oh, I think it's huge. I don't think I realized it at the time. Um, but, but yeah, now that I look back on it, it was, it was huge. Um, actually, so my dad was never my coach growing up um, until, let's see, I was a U10. I played, I played up early on. Uh, when I was a U10, I ended up playing up on a U12 and uh, select ball, and um, it was good. I played on some big teams, and they all had their you know, special coaches and whatnot. Um, by the time I was in high school, those teams started falling apart. Um, players started going to bigger clubs uh, farther away. and um, I know there's a there's a big club in in Texas called Lone Stars, um, and they they I remember I got a letter from there, and, and a bunch of players on our team got letters from there, and uh, it was a quite a bit of money though, and we just didn't have that money, um, and it was a you know, and, and my parents I remember them telling me you know if you really want to do this you have to go raise that money, um, so and I and I think I I tried I was also a very shy boy at a very young age, um, so I did what I thought was good and uh, just didn't raise enough, so. At that time, um, we stayed at the local club and my dad just coached it. So he said, you know, at anyone that age group, we went back down to just select ball instead of division two, II, division three, whatever it is. Um, we just went straight down to the bottom um, and just pulled up any player at that age group that still wanted to play. And we played. So um, and we played all the way till I was a senior in high school, actually. Now that I look back at it, and that last team that we had was it was all my friends. So that, that we, that we played high school together too, as well, you know, so that team ended up getting better. Um, but, but yeah, without my dad and my mom being so supportive, I don't think I would have continued to play club ball because everyone else went somewhere else. You know, there was always bigger and better. And, um, and I think they, I think because of them, they showed me that, you know, you can do that and have that success and create that better here. You know, the grass isn't greener on the other side, it's greener where you water it. Right. So, I think they really taught me that lesson. And um, like I said, at the time, I didn't know any better. Uh, but but now looking back at it, absolutely. My dad still to this day, I'll um, I'll create something or think of a really good idea. And they're the first person I call um, mm. and I'll ask him, you know, what what do you think about this? What would you do as a coach? You know, and uh, my mom, I have to give her full support. She is she is uh, all about soccer. She's that soccer mom, that typical soccer mom yelling, uh, screaming and 
doesn't really know the rules yet. So <laughs> she'll say the wrong things, but we all agree with her because you don't disagree with mom, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's been really good. And uh, and they were as a community as a whole in Marble Falls, they're known as the soccer family. Um, at high school, soccer's not at my old high school where I graduated. Soccer wasn't very huge. Um, like I said, there's one club there. It's all football, football, um, American football. Sorry. And, um, and so, yeah, my, the stands maybe had like three or four parents there. And, um, my family was the one that had the purple wrestling Mexico masks on with uh, a drum made out of a bucket and wooden sticks that my dad would beat the whole game. So we were the soccer family, you know what I mean? And, uh, it was, it was cool. It was really good. And all the boys, all of my friends that I graduated with, they loved my parents because they went to every game, you know, they gave all of them rides to club games as my dad was the coach and we had half the team with us you know and we would go to games together go to go eat after and then go home whether that be a loss or win and it was just it's interesting looking back at it and they are literally the reason why i'm um i'm as positive as i am and and uh i am who i am you know obviously um but no they they definitely Without them, I mean, who knows where I'd be? I might have, I might have not even been continued to play uh, club ball, you know, or dreamed of playing college ball or whatever that be. So, so talking about dreams, here you are. You just said enjoying this year in terms of teaching, in terms of the coaching. Love the like chemistry and the family kind of bond that you're building with the Piedmont program. What's your what's your kind of future outlook? Do you continue to grow the training program and and build that up? Um, are there aspirations to maybe go go bigger? Would there any be aspirations to maybe coach college or beyond? Or are you just kind of like just going to take it how where I'm at now and like you said, keep watering the grass where I'm at? Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. Actually, uh, that's that's in the talks as of today. Um, this, this uh, 20, what are we at? 2022, right? So 20, 2021, I was the, uh, just last year, I was the um, the girls assistant coach for the college SCU just up the road in Bethany, Oklahoma. Um, so I was the assistant coach there. So that was something new for me as well. Um, and I think that is the dream. I do want to coach at the college level. Um, I want to continue learning and, and keep kind of growing and, and reaching as high as I can. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't know when to make that jump. Um, like I said, I was the assistant this year as a volunteer. Um, they couldn't pay me. I got asked to, to assist, um, but I was still teaching, obviously teaching and coaching. So I couldn't just leave that job. So the coach just asked me, well, you were more than welcome to come out whenever you want. So I did all the preseason with them, with them. I went to some of their games in Kansas and helped drive the van and all that just to kind of get the foot in the door and see what that's all about, you know? Um, and I really love that. Um, and I'll probably volunteer again if I don't go anywhere. And, um, and I've also had, um, I've had options to go to Pflugerville, Texas and teach and coach there or back to Marble Falls, Texas. And, um, but at the same time, it's taken me five years to get to where I'm at here in Oklahoma city. I don't want to settle so soon, you know, but I've, I've, I'd like to say I had a part in kind of building the identity of the men's soccer program at Piedmont. Um, I started my small business here in Oklahoma City, um, and I started two club teams here in, in Piedmont, Oklahoma. So for me, those are really big stepping stones for me. Those are kind of like my babies, you know, those are my kids. So I just want to see those out and see how big I can make those. Uh, 
I want to continue doing another two clubs on the boys and girls side there at Piedmont. Now that I have, um, you know, I started with one um, three years ago. Now I have two as of this year. So I want to keep building those teams up uh, from the young age. And that way that can start feeding into the high school program. That way those kids are playing at a young age all the way through, you know. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, it, it's in the talks. It's funny enough, the boys, all the boys were surprised that I came back this year. For some reason, I don't know why I never said anything, but they thought <laughs> they thought I was leaving. They thought, oh, coach is going to a bigger school now. We did all this and that. So that's not how high school coaching works. You know, they don't they don't go recruiting everyone. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I do want to reach for reach to coach college um, and, and possibly beyond, but I don't, I don't think this is the end game, but I'm, I don't know when, when I'm going to, um, when I'm going to pull that trigger because I, I am enjoying it a lot right now. I think, uh, I think life is very, really good right now where I'm at. I think I've started a lot of things here and I kind of just want to see those through a bit longer, you know, and see where I can build those until at least I know when I leave, that's going to continue. You know, I feel like if I leave now, those club teams are going are no longer going to be a thing, you know. So um, here in Oklahoma, the club soccer realm is is weird. So uh, I want to make sure we keep that going, um, and I want to make sure the boys program stays successful, you know. And and so and I want to continue helping the college coach that that allowed me to volunteer this last year. You know, he's a really good guy. So just little things here and there, small um, relationships that I've made um, here in, in Oklahoma City that I think have really boosted me in in this career field and in coaching you know so i want to kind of give back i think it's now it's my time to give back for a bit i think it's cool because you mentioned earlier about networking being so important from like buddies that you played with to um even now like you said just being connected with the college or um and just having your hands in so many different kind of like like what do you cookie jars within the oklahoma city area like the soccer landscape is so stinking cool. How did, how was it that you went about and got that um, the volunteer spot with SCU? Did you just kind of reach out or how did that conversation kind of come up that landed you that opportunity? And I love, I'm talking to more and more coaches that they're at some point in their coaching career, they've had to do things at the volunteer level. They've had to give up their time. Like even you said, when I started out early, I was making enough just to, you know, put money or put food in my mouth. Um, how did that, how did it come about that you had that opportunity to even be a part of a college environment? Yeah. Um, so I'll be honest. I, I don't know if I mentioned it, mentioned it around him. I know the coach was around, um, some of our tournaments that I took the, the U19 girls team to, um, that SU coach was there and, you know, he'd asked me who to look at, whatever. Um, and I'd give him their profile and, and he'd watch their games. I don't think I ever mentioned to him though, that I wanted to to, to coach at a college level. Um, but it has always been a dream for me. I you know I told, told my friends and, um, I was, I was working out. It was about, and I mean, it was about, I'd say 5 PM, 6 PM after dinner, you know, just working out and I get a call. It's from uh, unknown number. I didn't have it saved at the time. And so I answered it, say hello, question mark, you know, and, um, and yeah, he, he just straight up asked me, you know, what are you doing this next year? And said, I, I'm, you know, are you going to be here in town? I said, yes, I'm still coaching and teaching at Piedmont. I said, would you like to be an assistant coach at SCU? And so um, I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, like, yes, yes, I do want to be an assistant coach. You know, absolutely. That's, that's my dream, you know? Um, and he laid it all out to me, you know, this is what we can do. 
I had to hang up there. I think I called my parents. Um, I called my girlfriend at the, and uh, and uh, I called my sister as well. And I was I was ecstatic, you know what I mean? So excited. And then, you know, come back to earth and it was like, okay, these are the duties that I have right now. And as far as time goes, and the time just didn't work out. Um, I had to be with the high school group at the time that he was going to do training. He couldn't push that back because of the girls that work. Um, so it just, it just wasn't going to work out. Um, so I was, I was very apologetic, you know, and then very sad at the time. And, and he was like, no, uh, and he just told me, you know, I think you're a really good coach. I think you're a good person. I think you care about the program and SCU. I know you graduated here, but the little bit that I've seen, uh, the connections that you can make. And he's like, I, I just, I trust you around the girls and, I, and I'd love to help you grow. So if you would like to come out and volunteer at any point, just know you're always welcome. So I just told him, send me your schedule for preseason and, and I'll be there, you know, so before high school started. And, um, and, and that's what I did. You know, every game that they had that I could make, I, I went to. And all of preseason, the the 5 a.m. three days that he had, I was there. So um, it was it was all him. You know, he took the first step and reached out to me. So I, I was just I think I was just really lucky. I was at the right place at the right time. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he called five other guys before me and they all said no. I don't know what it was, but but uh, very fortunate. So. Jimmy, this has been awesome. I've really enjoyed because um you're young. So I'm super excited just to kind of follow your soccer journey. I think you're doing amazing things. Just sounds like with Piedmont and then just all these little opportunities that are there. If people want to connect with you and maybe follow up because they're at the same kind of age or I'm in college now and I'd love to get into coaching. Um, what's in some easy ways to connect with you? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm on Facebook, just Jimmy Fedamin, F-E-R-M-I-N um or or twitter obviously i'm on twitter uh it's i think it's coach i have to look at coach underscore j for me um and then yeah just i mean if you just search my name that i think that's all i have i don't have instagram so it's just facebook and twitter um i mean more than welcome to reach me there or my email it's just my, my first name jimmy dot my last name fed mean f-e-r-m-i-n uh at piedmontschools.org and uh but yeah i mean any anyone that wants to reach out i'm always happy to talk or to help um or to just listen i mean i i like i said i love networking i feel like that's that's what we have to do you know and uh this sport's growing we're here in america in the states um but we have to kind of have each other's back you know so right on hey i have this has been so awesome i'm gonna go ahead and shut this thing down this is karen coach's corner chats with jimmy Ramin, and i'm out peace what a great chat thanks for checking it out if you haven't done so already follow us on twitter at coaches let's chat hit that subscribe button and once again if you get a chance drop a review It's super, super helpful for growing the podcast. Have a good one. Peace.